Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Cena Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett Lapierre, local real estate agent with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. We have another great guest this week for you, along with our weekly segments, Community Connections, and Lapeer's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. We'll jump right into Lapeer's Corner. So Garrett, I have a question for you. Where is a reliable place or way to find out my home's value? You know, Sina, I get this question a lot, probably my most asked question. With so much information out there on the internet, you can get conflicting figures on home values and what things really are worth. Now, the best way to get the most reliable figure is to contact a local realtor. A local realtor is going to have knowledge and insights that just aren't available via the web. For example, a local agent could know that the house down the street that sold for 20000 less than every other house was because they sold it to their son. No website can compensate for that hyper-local knowledge, and that's one of the big advantages of using a good local agent. Also, when you contact that agent about getting your home's value, they're gonna look at all the available comparable sales in conjunction with active and pending listings to determine a fair market value. That's basically the same thing an appraiser would do. So in closing, it's always best to contact the local agent first when trying to determine your property's value. And of course, I'd be happy to be your local agent, and you can contact me at sellingcarsoncity.com. Now it's your turn, Cena. We're going to hop into the Community Connection segment. And what I want to know is, with with the resources that Brick had downtown being brought back to the main library, what kind of electronic resources are out there for local businesses? That is a great question. Uh, We do have every single resource we had at the brick here at the main library, including more knowledgeable staff to help answer your questions. Um, But all the business resources were brought back. Our premier library card holders are able to use computers up at the premier computer station near some of those business resources for two two two-hour sessions, just like what was offered at the brick. We also have accessible, with generous funding from the city, business databases designed to assist businesses with market research. Some of these databases do require patrons to be on-site, verified with an IP address either through Wi-Fi at the library or on a library computer, or can be accessed at home with your library card number. These resources are only available to those who live, work, go to school, or volunteer in Carson City. They're accessible through our library website, www.carsoncitylibrary.org, under Use Our Library and Research Resources. So I have two that I would like to highlight today. One is Business Decisions. This is a subscription database that includes reporting and mapping of consumer households, market segmentation, and demographic data with GIS mapping technology to assist local businesses with growth. This sophisticated tool is a must for local businesses. It empowers local businesses with many of the same data, reports, and maps that are used by America's largest and most successful companies. This is accessible with IP authentication either at City Hall or at the library. We also offer Reference USA. This is a subscription database that provides accurate data on 45 million businesses and 271 million consumers. 
This database helps businesses understand data through its mapping and visualization features. Library clients use Reference USA for competitive intelligence, marketing information, as well as tracking and monitoring neighborhoods for potential trends in consumer patterns, and the access is at home or at your business with your library card number. Great answer, great information. If you haven't taken advantage of what the Carson City Library has down down here, either as a citizen and especially as a business owner here in Carson City, you're missing out. Come down and check it out. Stay with us. We'll be right back with another great interview with this week's guest. Just a quick production note. This interview was conducted with myself and Trevor Voigt from Sierra Nevada Media Group. All right, well, welcome back to Carson Shatter here. We have um, our guest for this week, Nick Morano, and uh, he's the city manager here in Carson City. And uh, we'd like to just get started with this and say, uh, hey, Nick, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about, about how you got here and, and how you ended up in your position. Sure. Hey, guys, thanks so much for inviting me down. Uh, you know, originally I grew up on the East Coast. Uh, I served about 32 years in the Marine Corps. And as part of that, I actually spent quite a bit of time just south of here in Pickle Meadows at oh, the wow. Mountain Warfare Training Center. And I got to know Carson well. I mean, this has gone back to the mid-80s when the Ormsby House was open. <laughs> we used to come up here on the weekend. I mean, a bunch Not of young Marines. thriving. Thriving. <laughs> uh, we'd come up on the weekends, thaw out, and uh, kind of enjoy just being in Carson City. So I got to know outdoor recreation, both myself and my family. No area. Um, we knew the Eastern Sierra very well. Uh, and I was just getting up, I was just getting ready to retire from the Marine Corps in 2012. I was looking into things that I could do. I had been a, I had been a base commander in the Marine Corps. I commanded Camp Pendleton. And it's actually kind of similar in size and, and numbers of people who live uh, on the base or in the city, in the case of Carson City. So I thought it was a good fit. We loved the area. And uh, I was just real happy that the board gave me an opportunity to, uh, to be the city manager here. You know, and, and, that, and that brings me to my question, which is, you know, we hear so much about a city manager, but what is the function of the city manager? So like on a day-to-day -day basis, what do you do? Yeah, so a lot of people who don't really pay attention to politics would think intuitively that the mayor actually runs the city. And with the exception of just a couple of big cities, like New York, for example, most cities have a form of government in which they hire a professional to actually run everything, to run all the departments, to run the public works department, to run the parks department, to make sure that the, um, you know, that the water is properly uh, purified, and the wastewater is treated and all that. So I run all the, all the city departments. So everything from parks, recreation, and open space, which we're really proud of, and I know, and I know every resident of Carson City takes particular pride in, but the public works department, the people who pave the streets, the people who purify the water and take care of the wastewater. So the whole, everything that you see that the city does uh, it, are all departments that, that report up uh, to the city manager. And, and I mean, I think that's a good point to touch on too. I mean, that goes as low as even the guys who are, are cleaning our, our safety complex and things like that as well. I mean, that crew would fall 
you know, I'm guessing right under your jurisdiction too there. So, I mean, from the lowest guys all the way up to the executives, you know, it's kind of all right. kind of all on your shoulders there, honey. Yeah, I mean, we've got just under 600, frankly, amazing employees that are totally dedicated to community service. That's great. And it, it, it really runs the whole gamut. We've got professional engineers who do a lot of the big capital projects that I think we'll probably talk about. You know, the new athletic center, the new animal shelter, the downtown. So we have everyone from like professional engineers to, uh, to clerks. We've got obviously our, our streets division. We have the water division. We have the wastewater division. So we really have all the people that actually run the city. And they're an amazing group of employees and neighbors for all of us. I, I, I definitely second you on the fact that we have, do have some amazing employees here who most of them live here and, and have a real investment within our community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Let's roll right into Give us an update on downtown and the animal shelter. And if there's any uh, updates on the MAC as well, we know that that's been open and been thriving here for sure. a little bit. But any kind of updates you can give us on those capital improvement projects. Sure. So let, let's, talk, let's start with the downtown because obviously that's the most visible for, for the majority of residents and also visitors. So let's start with 3rd Street, which obviously used to be a street yep. and is now Bob McFadden Plaza. That turned out, I think, better than most people had even hoped it would. Amazing. Right? It really did turn out amazing. I was just down there this morning. So, I mean, we've got a great splash pad. So it, it's something that brings, uh, in addition to splash pad, obviously, there's a stage there. And the whole purpose of closing off 3rd Street and transforming it into a pedestrian plaza was to really give something for everyone so that it would really appeal to the whole, you know, to the whole community. So the splash pad and some of the activities during the day, the farmer's market and different craft shows and things like that, that appeals to families and children and obviously families with children. Um, I think one of the, I think the property owners there are looking at bringing in a new ice cream shop. So again, there's, there's daytime activities that appeal to children and, and young families. And then at night, um, you know, leveraging the stage and just the great venue that it is, we could bring bands in so the, uh, the restaurants and the bars down there can appeal to a different group of people who like to come out at night and, you know, listen to a band, have a cold beer or whatever, and just kind of enjoy being out and about. So 3rd Street has really turned out, I think, phenomenally well. And it really gives the community a, a, a visual of what the entire downtown Carson Street is going to look like. And again, the purpose of it was to create a more pedestrian-friendly, a more family-friendly environment so that it would lead the redevelopment of the downtown. Most people, are, most people were, were pretty satisfied with the way the downtown looked. Unfortunately, with the exception of a few restaurants, it didn't really have a variety of things like, you know, interesting retail shops, um, things that you would want to take your children to, such as, you know, like a yogurt store or a, or a cupcake store, things like that that you see in other cities. So with a new streetscape that we're doing, we're giving businesses, you know, restaurants and retail environments the ability to branch out onto the sidewalk. The sidewalks are going to be a minimum of 12 feet and up to 20 feet wide. So you're going to see more outdoor dining. You're going to see more use of that outdoor space. Uh, 
most people probably don't realize that the city has adopted a complete streets policy. And what that means is every form of transportation is as valuable as a car or any other form of transportation. So what that means to us is we're going to incorporate pedestrian-friendly design, bike-friendly design, as well as obviously uh, street designs that facilitate the movement of, of traffic efficiently. So you're going to see the downtown obviously transformed into a more pedestrian, a more bike, a more family-friendly environment. And you can look across the country. There's been a number of cities that have done these type of redevelopments, and it really does create the environment where new businesses locate and the whole, uh, the whole environment becomes more inviting for, uh, for people to walk around and spend time. Um, we're really excited about some of, the, some of the new development that's coming in, and I'm sure we'll probably get to that in a minute. Exactly, yeah, and, and I think that that's you know, one of the great things to see with, uh, with the Downtown Revitalization Project. If you look at, I mean, even when we took out the planter beds, you know, offering those plants to citizens right. here in Carson City, you right. know, offering the, the purchasing of, of the benches and, and, the, and the bike, yeah. uh, you know, locking stations. And, and they were affordable enough yeah. for local families to really participate in this, in this growth. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because it, it, it also brings up the private-public partnership that we had. You know, when you look at Bob McFadden Plaza, a very generous donation from the McFadden family helped make that possible. But also when you look at the downtown itself, we've had, we've had phenomenal support via the Chamber of Commerce and also uh, via Muscle Power, which is a local organization that sponsors trails, both for pedestrians, you know, for hiking and for mountain biking and things like that. So you're gonna see a lot of public art and you're going to see a lot of public art that is themed specifically. Uh, you're going to see uh, artistic bike racks and so on. I was talking to an artist last night who does a lot of fabrication. He's really excited. You're going to see a phenomenal piece right at the entrance to McFadden Plaza on Carson Street. It's going to be a phenomenal artistic bike rack that is really going to tie together a lot of the elements of the design that people thought were important. Let me talk real briefly about a couple of the other capital projects. So if you go by the Boys and Girls Club, you'll see the new athletic center. That's been a long, a long time coming. This past Sunday, we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of Question 18, which is the quality of life initiative that I think the, the voters in Carson City very wisely passed 20 years ago. And it's a, it's a quarter percent sales tax, but it's devoted to all those quality of life outdoor uh, recreation opportunities. Everything from our awesome trail network uh, to the open space. I don't know how many people realize this or not. We have almost 12 square miles of open space in Carson City. And and I and I, I've seen you know I mean at least working here with with the news and everything that that I mean we've been trying to acquire as much of that federal land as we can too from the city I've, I've seen yes. you know to make that yeah. accessible you know and, and more more useful and and the the federal government is particularly the Bureau of Land Management has been a great partner with us I know they get bad press elsewhere in the state. 
BLM has been a fantastic partner for Carson City. We really got probably the last piece of BLM, BLM owned property, and that was Silver Saddle Ranch, uh, just over a year ago. Um, great venue. I was just down there for, they had a bluegrass, a, a series of bluegrass and jazz bands. Beautiful venue. It was just, it was a perfect day and a great opportunity for people to come out and enjoy not just the history, but the scenery of Silver Saddle. So again, the open space, that 12 square miles of open space, a variety of recreation opportunities. Everything from, you know, just enjoying a concert in a cool venue to trail running, to mountain bike racing. I mean, we could talk about the Epic Race a little bit later, um, that really the investment and the, I f frankly believe the wisdom of the Carson City voters 20 years ago kind of set all that up. So a piece of that is, is the new athletic shelter or athletic center, sorry. Um, a little Freudian slip because we're going to talk about the animal shelter in a second. <laughs> but the new athletic center that opened uh, kind of made good on a promise that was made 20 years ago. Um, and that building is gorgeous. If it anybody is. hasn't had a chance to check it out, um, I mean, it's it's really cool, especially with yeah. that walking track up top yeah. and all that. It, it's yeah. it's a great facility. That's an it's an awesome asset. It's a great venue um, to do any type of indoor court sport. The, as you know, the city, the recreation department or recreation division, runs a number of uh, um, in-house sport leagues. Everything from futsal, which is kind of an indoor soccer game. We're looking at a number of other, everything from basketball through futsal. New game out there called pickleball. Um, <laughs> so any type of indoor court sport, the MAC is a great place for it. If you haven't been there, you should really go check it out. Definitely go check it out. Um, so the Animal Shelter, drive by the corporate yard right off of Airport Way. Um, we're a little ahead of schedule, <laughs> which is great news. Um, the contractor we had, Shaheen Beauchamp, has been has been phenomenal. That is an absolutely gorgeous building. It's going to be the animal shelter that I think most people who are Carson City residents are going to be proud of. It's something that is the state capital we can all be proud of, uh, of the animal shelter. We have a good partnership at the city level with the Nevada Humane Society. They actually run our shelter for us. Um, That's helpful. And they have leveraged their fundraising ability to raise an enormous amount of money for for the construction of that new shelter so not only is the is the humane society going to provide all the equipment in the interior of the building and that includes the surgical suite equipment oh, wow. but they also came up they also raised enough funds to build an additional dog run so so big kudos to them yeah the humane society has been a great partner here um and that animal shelter will have enough capacity really for the next 50 years to handle population growth um, without having, you know, without having to expand or build a new facility. So we're really excited about that. We should have the, the, the formal um, ribbon cutting next month. So that'd be September. Okay, so perfect. stay tuned. It's going to be a great facility. And there's more coming. Uh, if you look at all the big commercial corridors coming into town, William Street coming off the freeway. If you look at South Carson Street, and if you look at a section in North Carson as well, we're gonna redo all those commercial corridors to make the city a more appealing place to do business. About a year and a half ago, we got a grant via the Environmental Protection Agency, the federal EPA, 
and we did a new design for William Street as part of the EPA's Greening America's Capital Program. So we're looking at, at potentially getting more federal grant dollars now to do the actual construction so that pretty much whatever direction that you come into Carson City, you're going to have a very positive experience. And it's going to be a place that is going to be appealing to you. You know, if you're a Reno resident and you just want to come down to Carson for Saturday night and go out to dinner and hang out, Carson City will be an appealing place. If you're coming from the Bay Area and you're thinking about moving, this is going to be a place that you're going to have on your list as to, you know, maybe this is where I'm going to set up shop and live and work and recreate. So that's the objective, and we're we're really excited about the next couple of years here. Wonderful. Uh, you know, and, and when you talk about all those things and, and, and what the role the city plays in all that, you, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, kind of what I hear is that the city really wants to focus on the infrastructure and, and, and setting the ground and setting the foundation for uh, to allow private businesses to bring their creativity into it and open up the shops that they think need to that need to be there to fill the holes within the community that they that they think need to be fed. Is that kind of what the city's looking at? Is, is really laying that foundation, that infrastructure on all those corridors right. to to let the private businesses be creative and, and do what they do. Garrett, I think that's a good point. I mean, my personal opinion is government doesn't create one job, right. but what government does is create an environment. In, what, in, in which entrepreneurs then fill the space and create the jobs. And government also uh, creates a business-friendly environment so that those job creators and those businesses are not tied up in red tape um, and we're able to bring the type of jobs that we need in our community for the future. So I do think when you look at the investments that we've made in, you know, in the new streetscapes, we really are going to create that appealing town. Um, we're less than four hours to the Bay Area, and there's a lot of innovation, there's a lot of technology, and there's a lot of investment. There's a lot of there's a lot of startups that can do business anywhere, and why not do business where you recreate? And that, and that's where I think the future in terms of the job market in Carson City lies, to a certain extent. But one last thing on downtown. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the new free Wi-Fi downtown. Sure. So this is a great initiative. Um, the city's chief information officer, Eric von Schimmelman, did a phenomenal job. He uh, he got with a with a Reno-based firm. Um, so we're now able to offer free public Wi-Fi in McFadden Plaza. We're going to extend it to the whole downtown, so that for you to do you know basic web surfing social media, check your email and things like that, you'll have enough bandwidth. Um, if you want to go a little bit higher, if you need more bandwidth because you want to do streaming video or things like streaming music, um, then that same firm will offer a, uh, a subscription that you can buy. Um, so it really gives us a great opportunity. We're excited about it. It's called Battleborn Wi-Fi. We think it fits in perfectly yep. with the capital city, and we're excited to bring that to the whole downtown, too. I think that's a game changer. I really yep. do. That, that's one of those infrastructure pieces that yeah, now opens up possibilities that, frankly, just weren't there before. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Well, um, I, I mean, I guess this kind of leads us perfectly into the next question. You know, I mean, in your opinion, Nick, 
what what's the biggest challenge that Carson City faces for the next two to three years? And, and on top of that, what do you think the what accomplishment are you most proud of in, in your tenure so far? Okay, so let me talk about the big, biggest challenge because I, I think it's the same challenge that just about every city faces. And the challenge is how, how does the city encourage and bring in the, the firms that are going to provide good paying jobs for the future? And every city right now, unless you're San Francisco or San Jose, is struggling with this. Because we want our bright young people to stay. I mean, we want them to go get an education, but we want them to come back. And I think for that to happen, the, the, it, I think it's going to be important to encourage uh, the development of a startup culture here. Um, and I think we have all the pieces in place right now. Uh, the Adams Hub for Innovation Tech Incubator is up and running. They have great partnerships, uh, both with the high school and the library. They've also developed a very deep relationship with Western Nevada College. So again, creating and really kind of encouraging that startup culture. If you look at if you look at job creation, it's the small businesses across America that are creating the jobs, not the big corporations. Carson City has got a great manufacturing base. Uh, we're doing everything we can to bring more manufacturers in. Um, and people who are not involved in manufacturing, when I say manufacturing, you, you probably think of a, you know, of an old Chevy uh, assembly line with people with, uh, you know, drills in their hands or something. That's not how manufacturing works anymore. It's very high pay well. You know, a lot of it is robotic. So a lot of the jobs in manufacturing are the people who program the robotic devices and the people who fix the robotic devices and so on. So these are the type of jobs we're interested in. And that's what I think the biggest challenge is. How do you ensure a sustainable economy for the long term so that we all continue to grow? Um, that's the biggest challenge. I think what I'm, what, what I'm most proud of is being able to bring in um, a different culture in a city government. When I took over, I told my department directors that we're going to change the way that we deliver government services and we're going to reconnect with residents, one resident at a time. And I base that on a couple of things. If you, I don't know if you're familiar with the Pew organization, but the Pew organization does polling on a number of different topics on an annual basis. One of them is trust in institutions, and not surprisingly, trust in government is at an all-time low, historically. I'm a real estate agent, right. I know all about that. Right, right, okay. <laughs> so, and it took a long time for government to run itself into that ditch. And I, I'm most proud of changing the culture in city government. We've got a couple of things that we've brought in recently uh, that I want to point to. One of them is Carson City Connect. It's, it's either a smartphone app that you can download via the, the, uh, the iOS or the Google Play Store, or you can access it right off the city website. And it gives residents an easy way to either get a question answered or to notify city staff of a problem and get it addressed. So what do I mean? Okay, there's an abandoned car on your street and you want someone to take care of it. You're a taxpayer, 
And you don't want that abandoned car in your street. You don't know who to call, doesn't matter. You pull up the Carson City Connect app, it geolocates you, you can take a picture of that car, you send it in. Within 24 hours, a human being is gonna contact you and we're gonna take care of the problem quickly. And then, most important for me, you're gonna get a customer satisfaction survey. So to date, we've had 1,000 um, total Carson City Connect um, cases that have been closed. We've sent out and received just under 500, I think 497 surveys have come back. So I'm really proud of the fact that 93% of the people who filled out those surveys, again, about half of the people who had an item filled a survey out, over 90% over of them said that the, the courtesy and the effectiveness and the timeliness of the city response either met or exceeded their expectations. So that's what we're doing. And that's huge, you know, and I think that, that's, that, that, that happens all the time with a lot of people. You know, they have an issue that they see, you know, stop sign fell over or, right. or, or one of these things, right. and they don't know who to call. So instead of putting themselves through a, a phone right. tag, you know, dilemma, exactly. they, they can easily just get it to you. Right. You guys will get it to the right people, and we'll get the problem handled. Right, it's super, super and, and that's what I'm talking about. We're we're gonna reconnect with re, with residents, one resident at a time. Yeah. And we're using 21st century technology. Yeah, to do it. yeah, good point. <laughs> that's the cool part. Yep. That's really good, good point. Yeah, I mean, and that, that kind of rolls right into so either through that app or, or through the conversations you have in the community. Yeah, what's the feedback from the citizens that that is their biggest concern that they're most worried about, and what's the thing that they've been happiest about that they come up and pat you on the back for? Well, let's start with the concerns. Most of the concerns fall into what you would probably call infrastructure. Things like water, things like streets. They're probably the top two items of concern. You could probably throw in uh, a condition of um, uh, parks and other recreation facilities. So, and I'll talk about the parks in a minute because unlike the, the other two, we're actually in pretty good shape on parks. So, look, we, we, we basically live in a high desert here. People are really concerned about water. Um, for years, previous boards did not raise water rates, so they kind of left our current board in the unenviable, unenviable position of raising rates, which unfortunately had to happen. They've done it, and we've been able to reinvest in our in our water infrastructure. Everything from new pumps, new water lines, and um, uh, new wells, digging wells deeper and so on. Carson City is blessed in terms of water supply. So that's important for people to know. Um, just on an annual basis, we only use about two thirds of our available water rights. So we've got, we've got, enough, we've got enough water in the ground uh, we have enough water that flows down the river, even in the driest of years, even last year, for example, which was, which was one of the drier years on record, right? There's still enough water that flows down the river that it recharges our aquifers and we're able to divert enough river or, or enough water from the river as well. So that from a supply point of view, city's in good shape. Infrastructure, same thing. But that's something that people are constantly worried about. 
Streets is probably my number one complaint, and it's a problem. If you look at the way that um, street maintenance was designed, you know, way back when we started driving cars, the gas tax was designed to come up with enough money on an annual basis to pay for road repair. So here's the example I like, I like to give people. I used to have a, a 2005 BMW 325, okay? So that's the small BMW. 2005, it's not that old, right? Yeah. Okay. A 2016 Ford F-150, full-size pickup truck, gets better gas mileage than a 2005, again, not that old of a car. We're not talking about a 1955. No. Exactly. Yeah. A brand new Ford F-150 gets better gas mileage than that BMW 325 does. So the point is people are buying less fuel because the cars are more fuel efficient. So the revenue from, from the gas tax has gone down. So we're working on a number of different ways to get at the problem. Part of it is a management problem. So we've brought in uh, UNR. They've, they've actually developed a model for us on how we could better manage the resources that we do have so we're able to maintain the streets as best as we can with the revenue that we have. So that's going to be one answer. There's other answers that are out there, uh, but streets is probably the, the biggest item of, of concern in the community. What's the thing you get patted on the back for the, the most? Well, I think, I, I think the recreation, and, and that's why I brought up those three. So people in Carson City, again, very proud of the parks and open space that we have. And we've invested a lot of money, especially in the open space, and it shows. Yeah. So if you look at the recently completed epic mountain bike race, and we're going to do that at least for another four years, and we're excited about it, um, that really showcased the city in a very positive way. The city had done a lot of investments. I want to again give a shout out to Muscle Powered. They did a phenomenal job in building that Ash to Kings Canyon Trail. So when Epic was looking for another place to do a bike race, Carson City actually popped up on the radar and they contacted us. So Which very well may not have happened if we hadn't right. gotten those trails redone this year. So, right. I mean, that's big. so I think if you look at the outdoor recreation and the proximity that we have to truly world-class recreation, I think without a doubt, that's what I'm most proud of. That's great. <clears throat> All right, and, and I think that uh, we can easily kind of get into this uh, question here. You know, are, are there any new um, housing developments that you're excited, that have you excited, or what, what does the future of residential development in Carson City look like to you? And I mean, it, it, and what I mean by that is, are we talking single family homes with big lots and a large garage, or are we talking more of that urban infill or, or a combo of both, you know? Okay, so let me talk at like the, the big picture level here first. Mm -hmm. So if you look at all the various housing projects that the city is currently reviewing in one way or another, there's a little over 3,000 total residential units that are under some form of planning or review right now. And to put that number into context, there's just over 21,000 residential housing units in Carson City. So that's everything from an apartment to a single family home, okay? 
So 3,000 is actually a, a pretty significant number. You're talking about an additional 15% in terms of residential houses. So if you multiply 3,000 by 2.2 people, I still want to find two-tenths of a person. <laughs> but if you multiply 3,000 by 2.2 people, that's how many new people could possibly be living in Carson City. Now, that's not going to be this year or next year because, you know, a lot of those projects, not a lot, but some of those projects may never get built. Some of them are currently being built. So there's a whole continuum there, but we're looking at about 3,000 houses or residential units um, that over the next four, five, six years, people could very likely see. Um, so let me, let me talk to you about one project in particular that I'm excited about. It is by far the biggest, or I mean, it is by, it is by far not the biggest. Um, right on Curry Street, there used to be an old Bank of America building, right? Kind of big white elephant eyesore, right off of Telegraph Square, kind of a prime location downtown, yeah, right? For sure, yeah. Okay, so property owner demoed the old building. They just started construction on a new building, and I'm excited about this type of development because it's what the urban planners and the developers call mixed use. So the bottom floor is all gonna be either dining or retail. Second floor is gonna be commercial office space. And then the third floor are gonna be apartments. So again, this is, by, <laughs> this is not the biggest project we have in Carson City, but this is the type of development, you brought up urban infill. This is the type of development that's gonna be really important for the future. If you look at the younger generation, if you look at the millennials, they tend to like to be able to live in a downtown urban environment. They wanna be able to walk to hip restaurants. They wanna be able to live and work and, and, and play in, in, the, uh, in the same area. Now, a lot of them also are gonna want single family homes too, but you know, when they're young and single, they wanna be able to go to a cool restaurant, you know, a hip bar, and they want to be able to walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that type of urban infill, I think, is going to be important. If you look at other cities that have done, you know, our downtown type of redevelopment, I think a great example is Bend, Oregon. Okay, Bend, Oregon is an old timber town, fell on hard times. What led the redevelopment of Bend, believe it or not, the craft beer industry, right? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, if, and if you drink craft beer, you know the beer that, comes from Deschutes County, Deschutes, yeah. right? Okay, and that led the redevelopment of Bend because it, it brought in the younger people from the university, right? Because it was hip. They repurposed a lot of old buildings. More craft breweries sprang up. More young people came. Startups came. More jobs came. So it just became kind of a virtuous cycle. So I don't know if it's going to be craft beer in Carson City, and that's not my point. My point is that type of urban infill is a healthy development for the city. And it opens new doors. And it opens new doors, absolutely. Hey, well, and, and the point that you made about about the craft beer, you know, the Portland, Oregon. Yeah, Portland is a great, yeah. Another great example of the breweries really kind of, 
uh, charging for that redevelopment within that city. Right. You know, so so Portland has beer. What does Carson have? And, and, and what are we trying to get? Right, right. Well, again, I think the proximity to the Bay Area and the ability for tech startups to work any, and not even just startups, established tech firms, mm-hmm. the ability for, for them to work anywhere, I think, I think that's going to be a potential source of, of, of good paying jobs in the future. And that's what we're trying to attract. And, and I mean, it makes sense. I think that, you know, a lot of these businesses, especially from the Bay Area, see that, you know, we're, we're closest to one of the largest resort markets in the nation, being right. Lake Tahoe, you know. And I mean, that's summer and winter. It's still driving traffic all year. So I think they see, you know, these types of places that are coming up that yeah. it's a lot easier for them to swing out of the office and, and you know, get to that relaxing point or, or to market to those types of people as well. Yeah, kind of an interesting point. About two weeks ago, I was talking to, I had a meeting with an aerospace manufacturer currently located in Burbank, California, multinational firm owned by French, mainly by French and Dutch investors. So this is the attraction to Carson City for them. One, it gives them a much lower cost uh, location to do business. And most people who live in Nevada know that. Okay. But the but was it gives them a much greater quality of life for their employees. And they were interested in that. And they were extremely interested in that. Burbank, if you haven't been down there lately, yeah, I mean, you have to live your life around the traffic. Cost of living is very high. Air quality is poor. Recreation opportunities, it takes a while to get to them. Um, so this Carson City was appealing to this manufacturer. Phase one would be 150 new jobs. Phase two would be up to 450 new jobs here. So we're excited about that, and we're doing everything we can to attract them. But on top of it, the European owners like to do all their quarterly meetings in an outdoor recreation venue. (laughs) And they've done it, believe it or not, at Heavenly in years past. So they know the area well. And it just, we were just very fortunate that a couple of very promising um, coincidences all just crossed path at the same time. But again, the key point was, they looked at Carson City as, what a great place for our employees. Exactly. And I, I think you're exactly right. That is the advantage that we yeah. have over everybody else is, is the quality of life that's afforded here. Right. Not only with the outdoor recreation areas, but you know, we're 20 minutes to Lake Tahoe, 20, 25 minutes to Reno. Um, we're through three and a half, four hours of Bay Area, depending on whether they want to speed or not. You know, <laughs> two hours to Sacramento. You know, I mean, yeah. We really do have a great location here. And and from the business climate standpoint, obviously, we, you know, we all know from Nevada, you know, really stands out, especially from a state like California. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, I think this is time for us to get into our final question that we ask all of our guests, Nick, and that is, in a perfect world with no limitations at all, the sky's the limit, what's the one thing you would love to see in Carson City? Okay, besides the Ormsby House opening? (laughs) (laughs) Have you gotten that answer before? (laughs) That may end up being the answer for like 10 people. Well, on a serious note, to me, and I've kind of talked about it a little bit, I think the best 
possible future for Carson City would be a city that has truly embraced the startup culture. The mayor and I, as well as Supervisor Bonkowski, went to a Smart Cities conference in Israel last year. I had no idea until I went to Tel Aviv, but Tel Aviv, much bigger city, no Huge. comparison to Carson City, <laughs> has really embraced the startup culture. Israel as a, as a nation has embraced the startup culture. For them, it's a way of surviving in a tough neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The United States developed the startup culture. I mean, that's where this whole idea came from. So I think, I think a community that has embraced the startup culture and, and, that has, and that has fostered the ability of young entrepreneurs to innovate, create jobs, create wealth, I think that would be the perfect vision for a future of Carson City, one in which the beautiful natural environment that we live in is, is an important aspect of their decisions to locate here and create businesses, create jobs, create wealth for the community. And I really like that point of, of having the people that we bring in also care about, like you're saying, you know, that outdoor recreation and, and the, I guess, the natural beauty of yes. our state, you know. I mean, I think that that's key when you have these companies coming in to develop and things like that. You, we don't want to sacrifice our open, our open space for, for, you know, manufacturing business, right. you know, either. It's kind of that hand-in-hand -hand balance. We want you to love our state as much as we do. Absolutely. And, and that's where that growth will come in. So, Nick, thank you very much for coming in. Appreciate thank you taking you. the time to really talk to us. Really appreciate it. Great answers. Yeah, obviously, you have a very clear vision of, of what, you, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and that's half the battle is knowing where you're trying to go. So, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes by simply searching Carson Chatter Podcast. When you find it, please leave, a please leave us a review. That review helps other people find our podcast easier. You can also engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Carson Chatter Podcast or email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please tell a friend about the podcast. Thank you.